2018, guys, is, is going to be uh, up to you on how it goes. Don't let 2018 happen to you. You happen to 2018. Okay? Don't just sit there and let it happen. If you don't change something, don't expect different results. Don't expect 2018 to be better than 2017 if you do the exact same thing you did in 2017. You got to change. You got to grow. You got to increase. You got to get closer to God. And so if you've been with us for a while, I, I was in a series on uh, spiritual armor, which we're going we're to finish the rest of January. So next week, we're going to get into the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes, getting ready for the gospel of peace. We're going to get into the sword and the shield of faith. And we're going to finish. That's going to be exciting. But today, in, in our first Sunday together in 2018, I want to challenge you guys to grow. I want, to cha- I want 18, 2018 to be a year of growth for you. Can ev- is everyone here, is there room to grow in your life, or have you, has anyone reached perfection? Raise your hand so we can all beat you with sticks after service. <laughs> We've all got room to grow. <clears throat> and, and growth, in God's eyes, is interesting. Let, I want to look real quickly about, what does God think about your growth plan? What does he think about your spiritual growth? Now, what does he think about that? I want you to turn to John 15 with me if you have your Bibles. If you have your phones, you can go there as well. John 15, 15, and <laughs> Jesus is speaking, and it's a cool part of the scripture where God's kind of telling us, you know, we're no longer slaves, but we're friends of God, and we, we're getting this great connection because Jesus died on the cross for us. Now we have this, we get adopted as sons and daughters into his family, so it's a real precious uh, truths that Jesus has given, but I want, you to, I want you to focus in on a thing about growing, and it starts in verse 15. It says, I no longer, Jesus says, call you slaves, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You, did you catch that? Jesus told the disciples, and now we have the same revelation through his word and his spirit. Everything God told Christ we now have access to know and live in and walk in. That's a, that's a side note, but that's good, good stuff. He says, you didn't choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you, speaking to his, his disciples. He said, I appointed you, and I want you to underline this in your Bible or highlight it on your phone. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. <clears throat> I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that... The Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. He, that's a pretty unlimited statement right there. Ask anything and you'll get it. <clears throat> but it's all based upon following and walking in the appointment of God's mandate for you to grow. This word for, for growth or appointed really can mean a couple things. And in your notes there, it talks about that. So you, uh, believers in Jesus, are appointed, or you could put assigned, or even that word means committed. Jesus has committed you or assigned you to grow. So this is a non-optional thing. God is commanding you and telling you, you must grow. It's been said that if you're not growing, you're dying. Anything that's not on the growth portion, it begins to die. And I won't go into ages right now, but some of this room 
we're, we're all going to die. Did you know that's kind of depressing in a way? But, you know, we're all going to die one day. But if you're not growing, the only option is there's no steady where you just, you're not growing and you're not dying. You're just at a plane. Doesn't happen. In the spirit, you're either growing spiritually towards Christ or you're shrinking back away from him. So you as a believer in Jesus are appointed, assigned, committed to grow and produce fruit. God expects you and me to produce godly fruit in our life. Amen? Are you with me, church? <laughs> so on, on number one there on B, or excuse me, on uh, your, your, I think it's number two in your notes, is growth. G, we're going to talk about growing, but we're going to talk about, um, excuse me, sorry, I got messed up here. Yeah, my bad. Back up, rewind. So uh, growth is not optional. And I want you to notice a few things with this should, this should grab you too. Um, we have to grow, guys, as individuals before our church will grow, right? So we're talking about growth personally, and we're talking about growth individually, okay? But and as our church grows, it will only be a result of you growing. Yeah, I'm putting the responsibility on you and me. It isn't 90% my responsibility and 10% your responsibility to make the church grow. It is our equal responsibility. If, if this is your home church, it is all of our responsibility to make this church grow, and God expects that from all of us. So listen to this. To the degree you are growing as an individual, the same degree our church will begin to grow as a body. You've heard it said that you're as strong, only as strong as your weakest link, right? I got to be careful who I look at after I say something like that. <laughs> Me? Look in the mirror. So, as to the degree you will grow and commit this year in 2018 to go all out for God, to give 100%. To stop whining, stop complaining, stop going back into dumb sins that you know you shouldn't be doing and start going, God, I want to serve you and I want to fulfill the mandate for me to grow closer to you. The more you intensely pursue that, the natural result, the byproduct of that will be our church will grow in every capacity. And I'm not just talking numbers. I'm talking, I don't want a big number church with this much depth. I, I could care less. I want a church, whatever the size is going to be, and we will be getting, I want new people in here, people are going to get saved because it's the best message ever. I mean, yeah. Jesus, come on. It doesn't get better. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be skilled at that message. You don't have to be skilled at the at presentation of the message. You just start talking about how good Jesus is, and that sells itself, yeah. right? So we need to be careful that we are growing ourselves, determining that the health and the growth of the Rivers Church will be based upon what we're doing. Okay, so it's a team effort. So from the time you are born again, you should be moving and growing. So you should be moving, guys, from a self-serving life to a serving others life. Are you, are you with me? So growth, talking about growth here, growth should be, in your, in your life, you should be moving from less self-centered stuff, me, 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 I got to do all this, and, and you don't even have vision outside. You know when churches get in trouble? This is when they're doing this. When each individual is so 
they're so self-centered, they're so concerned about what they're getting and that their needs are met and that they like the music and then they like this and that and the other. They get so self-centered that they, they begin to, the church begins to shrink and die. But when you get your eyes open, you get your eyes off of yourself and onto Jesus, but yet if you get your eyes onto Jesus, you're always going to get your eyes onto others. So you start getting your eyes to the community and the people that are hurting, the people that need Jesus. You start loving and giving away, then your church will start to grow and your life will start to grow, and your relationship with Christ will start to grow. So you should be moving from self-serving to serving others. You should move from what do I want from what does he want. You should be moving from I want my way to his way. You should be moving from, well, I want my dreams. I have my plans. You should be moving from that to, no, God, what are your plans? Because when you seek him and get close to God, the, the passions of your heart will start lining up with him, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. He gives you the desires because it's the person who has come into alignment with God and begins to see their life through God's eyes that he grants their desires. The Bible do doesn't say that he's just going to give you desires no matter who you are in life. You just, oh, God, give me all my desires. No. It's the person that's pursuing God, seeking his face, and seeing his own vessel, his own existence as, why does God want me here he starts seeing God that way in his own life through there. Then it's like your heartbeat starts matching up with God's heartbeat. And then he starts giving you all those desires because that's who you're created to be. 1 Corinthians 6 says this. You've heard it before, but it's, Paul's talking about sexual sin in the church. And he's bringing some correction and teaching but I want you to li listen because it's not just about sexual sin. It's about not being close to God. But it says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your life, the spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God, underline and highlight this in your Bible because this is my point in this scripture, you do not belong to yourself. You, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. You do not belong to yourself, for God purchased you. He bought you with an extremely high price. So I want you to think about that when we're going from self-serving to other-serving, when we're going to, it's about other people, not all about me, that you were bought with a price and that you don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. And, and as, as you as a person, you can choose to have that perception or not. That's up to you. But if you choose to take on that and go, God, I, I want to walk in the, the setting and perspective that you are my God and I don't belong. So all my rights, I surrendered to you. Because this, this society in our culture right now is concerned about, oh, this my rights and I have this right and I get this and don't tell me this and blah, you know, all that stuff. But God says, no, 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 when, when you surrender to me, you're my, you're my friend, but now you belong. You're in my family, so all your rights you've given up and said, okay, God, I'm your servant. So we do not belong to ourselves. So church, we want to grow, and I want to use the word grow as an acronym, and I want to talk about a couple principles in God's word that will help you grow and what you should focus on to help you grow both personally and us corporately together. So the first G there in your notes, I think it's number two, is give. So it's give. So G stands for give. And under there, you can kind of jot down give, and we're going to talk about your giving your time, 
giving of your talents and treasures. You've heard that before, I'm sure, but it's a good way to remember about what God is asking us as people to be giving. You see, because giving, giving does help you grow. And let's look at that in Luke 6.38. Jesus says, give and, and you'll receive. So if we stop there, and there is a period there so we can, give and you'll receive. And so it's like God saying, there's a principle in life. And I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about your time, talents, and treasures. I'm talking about just in giving principle. If you give, you'll receive. He said, your gift will return to you, full, pressed down, shaken together, make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. And listen to this and underline this in your Bibles in Luke 6.38. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. If you sow, David, if you sow a few seeds, you'll get a few trees, is that right? So if you sow just a handful versus a bag, is it going to be any difference? Yeah, so you'll get more back. I just want to make sure it's correct, right? Okay. Pretty simple, right? If you give more out, you're going to get back more. And so in any part of your life, if you give more time to God in prayer in the morning and you want to give him, instead of giving him maybe zero, I don't know where you're at, maybe five, ten, maybe you up it this, during the fast to 15 minutes. If you give into that, you will get back from that. And the cool thing about God is he says, okay, start with 15. Give me 15 minutes in the morning. Just start reading my word. I want to talk to you, and I'm going to start mentoring you. The Holy Spirit's going to just lead you into truth, and just give me that 15 minutes. And what's cool is he gives you way more than your 15 minutes is worth. Because it says he'll give, and you'll receive back, but press down, shaking together, running over. So times, the one thing you give, the one thing you give comes back multiplied. That's a good deal. You could serve other gods where they don't give you nothing, and they take everything. Our choice. Why does giving help you grow? Because giving is an investment. Giving is an investment. We invest in all this, guys. Growth is always the sum of giving. Growth is always growing naturally, growing spiritually is always the sum of giving. It's in our life. You work first, and then you get a check. I think we should get the money first and then work. But anyway, you're, you work first, then you get paid, right? Sorry, I'm picking on David this morning. You want walnuts, you plant a walnut tree, right? You give first, you water, you plant, you sun, you give it all this stuff, then it produces. Same thing with avocados. I love avocados. I'm about to throw an avocado right over there. No, I'm kidding. Just <laughs> got an avocado right here. He's, you'd probably catch it, wouldn't you? You want to get in shape? If you want to get in shape, you give. You go to the gym, you work out. A lot of us want to not give first before we lose weight. Who wants to do that? I, I would like to just lose weight and then you know, not have to do anything. That would be cool. But if you want to get in shape, you want to lose a few pounds, you got to give first, right? You got to eat right, you got to exercise, you got to do all that stuff. So giving always comes before growth. Always. So you give of your time, and I want to just get a little personal here, and you can write your own notes for you, but personally, are you giving time to God? You know, where's your time out? I'm just asking this. You can, don't answer out, but 
You need to ask that, self, your, your, ask that question to yourself. What time am I giving to God? Am I giving enough to God? Am I, where is that balance? Is there, where's my balance? Am I giving enough? Am I giving that set-aside time like Jesus talked about? Am I, give, am I in the Word every day? Am I setting aside time every day for him? Just some amount. I'm not getting into, yo, you got to do an hour every day, else it's not. No. Are you giving time to God? Are you personally doing that? And then corporately, are you, are you serving God? And a lot of you here do serve, and our church is at a size where a lot of us do serve. But you got to ask yourself as you come to the rivers, because you can't come to this church very long without being confronted, like, hey, get involved. You can't sit, you just can't come sit here every Sunday forever. You gotta at some point, we'll give you a few weeks, you know, but once you decide to be here, man, you gotta start serving. Because church is about serving. We're the body of Christ. We're all individually parts of the body doing things that no none of us else can do. You're the only person with the special gifts that God's given you, and you need to come in and do that part of the body. So are you? Ask that question. What are you doing? Is your time balanced there? What is God asking you to do? Is is should you be giving more? Should you maybe giving less? You need to have that balance talk with God because when you give of your time with God, that's going to help you grow. The second thing in there is the talent. So same principle, but when you give your talents, I want to talk about your personal talents. So have you surrendered those to God? You know, a lot of people, I've been in, I've been in church a long time, and it's funny how you, you'll have some person in the church that's been going for years and years, and, and, and then you find out one day, they're like skilled at this one thing. And you're like, I never knew you could do this and that. And you're like, why did you tell me? And oh, no one ever asked, you know. So I'm officially asking everyone to, not now, but just share your talents with us. God has given each of you unique giftings and talents that is going to bless this church and it's going to bless the kingdom of God and is going to help other people know Christ. And like right now we have uh, Mark and Darlene. Um, who have been pouring a bunch of time into getting children's church kind of revived and a, and a kind of a new beginning. They, Mark built some stuff in there to make a little check-in lobby, and um, they, got, they just got exciting plans. So they're using their, you know, their talents, and I didn't know that. I didn't even know that they used to do it here, and then we were, just, we were at lunch one day, and we, were ta- we weren't even talking about children's church, and then they started talking about that, and it's just like, they were excited. They weren't even doing children's church, but they were excited about all the stuff that had happened in the past. And as they told me stories, I was like, wow, you guys are really gifted. This is your talent. You know, and, and, and then the Lord quickly after that, we weren't even talking about children's church, but I just went to Elena and go, man, ever since our conversation, I just feel like the Holy Spirit saying, you guys are supposed to be our children's director. I don't know what, but I just feel that's, and she's like, oh my gosh, the Lord's been saying that to us too. And so here they are. And it's because they evaluated and asked that question, God, what can I do for you? You've get, everyone is here is gifted in some way, and there's tons of things that you don't even know about, the ways that you can serve. And so you need to ask God, God, am I using my, my talents for you? Are you giving your talents to the kingdom of God to produce a further growth in the kingdom of God? Because God, listen to this, this is a tough one, God will require one day of you an account for the talents he gave you. He will require an account from you because he has given everyone talents. And if you don't know what those are, get with our staff, get with Eric, get with me, get, get with Chris. We will help you discover your talents. Because God is one day is going to be like, hey, what did you do with that? I gave you this great gift to, uh, I'm just going to throw one out there because we really need help with um, computer artwork commercial. 
You know, and God's going to say, you know, I know, this is a little guilt trip. I know, I know, it's okay, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. So God's going to say, hey, I gave you talent to draw and to make flat, and you could have done all that. In fact, God said, you love that stuff. You did it for your friends and all this stuff, but why didn't you do it for my kingdom? It could, he'll still love you. He'll still get into heaven. I'm not talking. But he's going to say, man, you should have used that. You should have used that for my kingdom, man. We could have got you know, a lot of more people saved. You're going to be like, oh, man, rats, man. I should have, you know. Don't say rats. Do it now. Get involved and give yourself over to the Lord. You'll be blessed and happy. I'm telling you, serving God and giving away what you got is the most freeing thing and fun thing you can ever do in your life. So give your talents. And then the last thing is give your treasures. <clears throat> And this is where I'm going to play the video, not this second bow, but just in a second here. So Matthew 6, 19 says this. Don't store up your treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. That was Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Do you personally want to be a giver. I know most people in their hearts do. I'm just going to ask you for reals, ask you. Is it, in your hearts, do you, do you like giving? Who likes just to not give money per se, but just give? You just like to help people and give stuff. And I think most of us really down deep at one point, we may not be that person that always does that, but there's a time when we're able to give of ourselves to others. It makes us feel so good. And I, I remember we did a, a, our last church, we uh, there was a, uh, a lady in our church that didn't have a husband and was older, and we treated her as a widow. Technically, she wasn't, but we treated her as one, and we um, put a new roof on her house. And I'm telling you, the whole the men's group got together, uh, contractors in our church, and we got the, the roof ripped, ripped off and did a whole brand new roof, um, and, I, and it ended up being almost totally free. I think she ended up paying a couple hundred bucks. Or something, but it was like almost totally free, and we did all the labor free, and it was it felt so good, it felt so good to just give. But I just want to ask you that, you know, um, do you want to be a giver? Do you? And if and if you're in a position now where you can't give financially to the church, you can't do, you're not able to do your tithe right now, or you're just unable to give, or you're just in a place where you can't give much, you know. This is what I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to you. You're in that situation. You're, that's okay. But have a plan to get out. Don't just expect to wake up tomorrow and it to be fixed. Have a plan in place. And Bo, go ahead and let's play that video. Uh, one sec. The rituals of video, but oh, I'm going to play a video on um, Financial Peace University. And we're going to teach a class on finances to help you get out. And we're excited because me and Jen are taking the class, and we, we're asking everyone to take it with us. Um, and we're, I'm asking all my leaders to take it. It's a great class. And um, we're excited because, oh, she's not here. Kelsey's going to probably take it with us. And I'm telling you, the younger you are, oh, man, to set yourself up for success financially, to learn how to budget your money, to learn how to steward your money. See, this class will do a lot of things for you. But one of the things from what I'm preaching today it will give you is it will help you get a plan to be a giver. You can be a giver in multiple ways. It will help you get into a position where you can be a blessing. And like the Old Testament, remember that part of the curse was that you would be the, you would lend and you are you would lend and not be the borrower. But God wants you to be the one that borrows or lends it and not borrows it. Because the borrower is slave to the lender. 
And so God wants you to be able to do that, but, but don't just let another night think that that's going to fix the problem. Or just, you know, cutting down on your Twinkies. That, that'll help, but that's not your answer. Get a plan. So go ahead and let's play that, watch the video of the class coming up in February. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Are you really going to make the hard choices to change your life? We had 40000 in student loans, uh -huh. 17000 in cars. I owned a rental property. You had a line of credit, just stuff. We had 16 credit cards. The proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes. We paid off $83,000. Wow! When desire comes. $144,000. When desire comes. $450,000 in the last seven years. Wow! It is the tree of life. God says this is how you get out of debt. You gotta run! There's no doubt that this process called Financial Peace University works. The only question is whether you're going to be involved. And so if you haven't signed up yet, now is the time. It was amazing all that. The average debt that people get rid of is amazing. And church, we're doing this class for the benefit of you and your life. This will benefit you for the rest of your life, whether you go to this church or not, it doesn't matter. So I encourage you, if you haven't signed up, see Mark and Leanne, they're right over here. They're going to sign up stuff, give you more information, tell you about the class. Uh, don't want to miss it. So again, I said, me and Jen are taking it too, and we're excited to be there, and we're hoping you'll join us. So sign up for that. But in the point of our ser uh, the sermon today, giving your time, talents, and treasures, guys, I want you to remember, remember this, guys, every penny and dollar you give is tied to a soul. Every, every time you give a dollar, every time you come down to this church and help vacuum, every time you clean a window, every time you work on the computer and do wonderfully like Bo does, who keeps on time on the slides and makes the slides at the right time during the songs. Are you, I mean, that, to some people that might be really small, but to a new person coming in here that's trying to learn a new song and the words aren't right, that's tough. And that's important to God. It's important to their experience to know God. It might seem small to you. It might seem small that the windows are, are, are clean or dirty. You might not even care, but God does. Because everything we do somehow can tie into a soul. I remember um, a church that I used to go to where they, they, uh, they found out later through this person that came, and it was a new person, that the reason they came to the church was because of how the outside of the church looked as they drove by. They thought to themselves, man, they, they really take care of their church. You know, I bet if they're, they're wanting to take care of their church that good, I bet they can take care of me and my family. So you might not agree. It doesn't matter to me if you agree with that or not, but I'm telling you, it matters to God. It matters to visitors coming in. It matters to people that we do our best and that we show off in our example of what God's like. And he's excellent. Amen? Are you with me? Yeah. Sorry if I'm too tough. Just nudge the person next to you and say, he's really talking to you, not me. Go ahead. No, do it. Leah, come on. Yeah, there you go. All right, all right, all right. So let's get into the next one. So on your uh, next R there for grow, we're actually, I'm actually going to spell wrong today, and I'm going to spell grow, grow, 
So we're adding another R in there, gro. So on the R, we're going to talk about two things, repent and reach. So repenting, I want to talk about because it, 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 it inquires that you repent to grow. John 15.1 says this, I am the true grapevine. Jesus says in John 15.1, I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not uh, bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Did you realize in there that Jesus was talking about himself? Did you ever think of the fact that Jesus had to go through pruning as he walked as a man on this earth? Think about that. He cuts off every branch of mine. It's part of him. See, some of us believe that Jesus didn't have to go through certain things that we have to go through. But the Bible says in Hebrews that he was the perfect high priest and that he went through every temptation we go through. He had to go through every temptation we through, but he went through it without failure. And so just like Jesus had to go through and had to be tempted to do things and said no to that, and that was a pruning process, so we are pruning. God's point here is that the pruning process invites growth. When you prune things, it helps things grow. David, maybe you should just come up and preach this sermon, man. I'm telling you, this is like the, the David sermon. So everything you prune grows. So when God cuts back and repenting is the process of pruning because we're, we go to the Lord in repentance. We're saying, oh God, you know what? I blew it again today. I'm so sorry for this. And it's a heart change, but it's a directional change of thinking. It's thinking one way and then turning around and going, no, I don't want to think that way anyway. That way leads to death. How many of us have been stuck in those sins in our life where we're like, no, i got to stop doing this because this keeps leading to death. Why do I keep doing it over? Uh, Romans uh, chapter 6, Paul talks about that. Why the, I, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. What a wretched man I am, he says. And see, we get in there and repentance is saying, no, I don't want to do that. But don't feel bad because repentance is a good thing. King David, he was a, God, a man after God's own heart, but he blew it. He blew it big time, but it wasn't the fact of what he did more so than it was the fact that he got on his knees and repented. That was the key for David. You, man, he murdered somebody, he committed adultery, all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's a man after God's own heart. How can that be? Because he got up and said, I blew it, Lord, I am so sorry. And he changed, and he always turned back to the Lord. Guys, we're in a boxing match, spiritually. And if you want to win, it's, it's the, the guy who gets up the last time wins. You might get knocked down over and over, and that's, that's okay, but get up. And repentance is part of that, getting up. Repenting is pruning. In your notes, you can fill this in. Repenting is pruning, and pruning brings growth. You got to have repentance. You got to have a heart of repentance in your life if you truly want to grow in 2018. It's really, repenting is really recognizing that your way is wrong. It's the process of recognizing that. You've got to recognize that God's way is better, and so have pruning in your life, in your prayer times. Don't be afraid to repent, but repent quickly. I, I had a guy tell me when I was really young in church, he said, um, he said, the quicker you feel convicted for something is better. Because if you do something wrong and it takes like days, and you, oh yeah, I did something wrong, that means you're kind of moving away from God and the Holy Spirit's not as strong in there, but he's like, but if you do something and right away you feel this, 
oh, man. He's like, thank Jesus for that. Because that's the Holy Ghost trying to get you to turn back to him. So just repent. The moment you feel that or sense that or know that coming to knowledge, oh, God, I'm sorry I blew it again. I don't want to think that way. And then bring correction to that lie that you're believing that got you in the mess in the first place. Okay, bring correction. Repentance is turning. That's correction. Correction of your direction, right? You're correcting your direction in your mind. That's correcting your thinking. You correct your thinking and you start going different direction. So correct the thinking that's getting you this way because every time you're down the wrong road leading to something that has you in bondage, it's because you're thinking wrong. You're thinking that something, this is going to give you something that it's really not going to give you. It's what we call a false comforter. I always tell the children that I'm teaching, when you say, I'm sorry, that's a promise. It means, I'm sorry means I will never do it again. Yeah. It is. And so when you turn, you say, I'm sorry, and you turn your direction of thinking, and you head back to where God is. But you can keep repenting, and if you never correct your direction or your thinking, you'll, you'll keep going down that road, right? So change our thinking. Say, sorry, God, I'm sorry, I'm messing up, and I'm gonna, you're going to promise, but promises are only as good as you can keep them, right? And, if, and I'm telling you, if you don't change the way you think about a subject, you can't change what you do about that. Because how you think, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes and is. So then we have, we have repenting, and then we have reach. So reach. Reach, you can only effectively reach people or reach the lost around us until you repent. You've got to have that in order, too, because if you're, trying, if you're trying to reach people without cleaning up your life and getting close to God, you become what, what we have in church. You know, we, 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 have, we, we're, we all mess up, right? But in the sense of repenting and turning away, if we have that attitude, then it puts us in a better position to be a reacher because we know we recognize where we're at. We recognize we're a sinner and we need God's grace in us. You know, we're a, we're a saint that sins and that's okay, right? And so other people see that. So when we reach out um, in that state, we'll be more effective. And we got to reach our community, guys. You know, Kelly and Skip are doing some great things for our community outreach. This community, Marysville and Yuba City, they need a healthy church. There's a lot of good churches out there. I'm not saying there's not, but they need, they need another one and another one and another one. There's a lot of people, guys. Just think about how many people out of the, well, Marysville and Yuba City, what? At least 100,000 for both, right? Because there's like 60 in Yuba City. Anyone know? More than that. More than that. So let's just say 100,000. Right now in church, do you think there's 5,000 people in church right now in Yuba City? Probably not. That's a lot. But just think of that, guys. That's not even, that's 5%. That's not even 5% of the people in this community are in a worship service this morning. That's scary. That means that if the Lord comes back today, we're going to lose a lot of precious dear friends. And that's not okay. That's not okay with me, and it better not be okay with you. But you know what? It's you and me that's going to change that. We've got to get that percentage to where it's at least 10 or more. I want it 100, right? Are you with me or am I just blowing smoke up here? Are you guys with me? Okay, because we need to reach out. In fact, Jesus says in Luke 14, he talked about how we should reach out, the, 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 the manner in which we should. He said it was in that story the master told the servant, go out in the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in, he said, 
so my house will be full. And the word compel is a pretty interesting Greek word. It really means uh, doing something with a, an urgency, a pressing necessity. It's not just, hey, do you, if you feel like coming, come on. No, you should compel them as if something's happening. If someone is walking towards a cliff, wouldn't you run out of love and try and turn them? Yeah. Right? And so our community right now that does not know who God is and that thinks God's mad at them and thinks all those things that we talked about Christmas Eve about how God's not really thinking, but they think that. They're believing in their hearts that God doesn't like them and church isn't for them, but it is, and God does love them. And so we need to reach out. We need to compel those into the, God, into the church, and we need to do that with some passion. But let's make sure we, we are a repenting, pruning Christian in that process before we try and reach out because we try and tell everybody about Christ, but our lifestyle and our, and our life doesn't match to that, you know, it, it's a bad witness. Yeah. It's not about being perfect, but you do have to come to a level as a Christian where you're in that attitude of repenting and turning to God and you're, you're in the process of getting your life straight with God so that you are not a bad witness when you go out and reach people. Are you with me? Okay, so repent, reach. Then the last, uh, so our next one, third one there is for O is obey. Obey. Obedience brings new life. Obedience helps you grow. Walking in obedience with the Lord is another way of discovering that your way is not, not the best way. There's a great story in Samuel about obedience that I love in 1 Samuel 15. And it's a story when Saul, King Saul, was kind of screwing up, and he was at his end of his reign almost, and the prophet Samuel came to him and said, hey, uh, what are you doing? God told you to do something, and you didn't do it. And so we, and God had actually asked him to go in and take out uh, King Agag and their whole squad and, and take them all out and don't take anything. And so he did part of it, but he didn't do all of it. And so we pick it up in 1 Samuel 15, 20, and it says, Saul says to Samuel, but I did obey the Lord, Saul said, and I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and, and brought back King Agag uh, to them, and the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice to the Lord at Gilgal. And so he was trying to turn his disobedience into a good act, and Samuel says, in verse 22, Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as he does in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And so we see that, that Saul was trying on his own terms. He obeyed part of what God said, but not completely. And he thought, well, I'm just going to do this because I think I got a better idea than God's idea. And he's trying to turn that, his good idea into, oh, we'll just, well, we're going to go praise Jesus with this too. Don't take, <laughs> we can't take our bad ideas and try and present them to the Lord. They're not going to be accepted. Partial obedience is not obedience. Yikes. Partial obedience is not obedience. What does obedience look in your life? What has God spoken to you to do in your personal life? All of us have that. We've had those conversations with God. 
Has he told you to do something? And have you done it? Or have you maybe forgotten, maybe you told God you were going to do something years ago and you kind of got busy and just drifted off and never really did that thing that you told God you were going to do or he told you to do? Maybe God's telling you to do stuff in your personal life like spend some more quality time with him. Maybe that's a New Year's thing for you and you're, he's saying, I want to be with you more. Come on, give me some more time. You don't, you don't give me any time. I hardly get to talk to you except on Sundays. And maybe God's t- talking to you that way. Maybe he's, maybe he's challenged you and God's speaking to your heart to go bless somebody or go speak a word of encouragement to someone, but you're afraid to be wrong or say the wrong thing or you, know, you just don't know how to articulate it maybe and you get nervous and you're afraid, so you don't. But you know you have that unction and you, you, haven't, you haven't realized yet, but those unctions from God are him telling you to do something and you need to obey it. So obey that. So I don't know what that looks like in your life, but in your notes there, I want you to ask this question to yourself, even right now, but even during this week. A lot of times we feel as though when you're stagnant in your relationship with God, and if you feel like that, I want you to ask this question. If you ever feel stagnant in your walk with the Lord, ask God this, is there any area in my life where you've asked me to do something and I have not done it yet? Because a lot of times a stagnant Christian life, one that doesn't feel very alive, one that you're, you're, you're kind of asking yourself, man, what's going on? I want to be, I feel like I'm in church, I'm doing stuff for God, but I don't really, I want to be feel closer. Sometimes that's a good question to ask. In your devotional time, pray, get, get alone with him in the park or at home or whatever and have a piece of paper out and just say, oh God, is there anything that I've, that you've asked me to do that I forgot or I haven't done, or maybe, and maybe right now you know exactly what it is that God's told you to do and you're not doing it. But sometimes that will help you. And really, guys, obedience can set you free from a stagnant Christian life as you start not only doing what God told you, but don't forget, God has a Bible that he gave us, 66 books, and oh, so fresh. Talking about God's righteousness. This is an old rap from the 80s. She's like, what are you doing? That's a, that's a dumb rap. 66 books of God's heartbeat and love to you telling us things that we should do, not because he's trying to tell us what to do, but he's trying to tell you, hey, look, I made you. Here's a manual on how you work. Obey this and you'll be one happy camper because this is telling you how you work. And so we, we, when we obey God's word, it produces growth in our life. And so you want to grow in 2018? Start getting obeying. Start reading through the gospels and just start with the words in red and start obeying those words. Start there and see how, how good it gets. And also in your external life, in your you know, obedience in your personal life, but also in the church, what does God put in your heart to do through his church? That's another question to ask yourself. Are you obeying God and what he's asking you to do in the body of Christ here at the rivers? Have you even asked him that? And if you haven't even asked him, I would encourage you to ask. Because it's through serving God, that you're going to find so much joy, guys. Ask him, have you done it? Have you, maybe have you even put it off? Have you known God wants you to do something and you keep making excuses? I know that's tough, but it's true. God has not called you just to come Sundays and sit. There's no spiritual gift of sitter. There's no spiritual sitter. I know, right? God has called us. There is work to do, guys. We, the Lord is coming back for his church. 
And there is a lot of work to do. We just all agreed that we probably don't have 5,000 people in this area going to church right now. That needs to be over, and we need to do something about it. And how we do that is if we grow personally, remember, we can take that number down. The more we grow personally, the more the church will grow because we're going to be a better light. And the last thing this morning is the W for grow is my, one of my favorite subjects, worship. Worship. And I'm not, there's a lot of ways to worship God, but I'm actually talking today about worshiping in, in song and music and singing, that, that type of worship where you enter into God's presence. Worship in your personal life. There's three lines there, one, two, three there in your notes, and I want to just say really quickly what worship gives you. Worship gives you a greater perspective. When you spend time in God's presence and you worship him, you get a better perspective and that helps you grow because you start seeing things through God's eyes and not your own. A lot of times we look at problems and they look so big and and if we stay in that without God, it seems like an unsurpassable mountain. But as we go up and we get into the presence of God, we're singing, we're praising him, we're getting our eyes off of the mountain and onto Jesus, we recognize, oh, that mountain's so small now that I'm up here with with God and the Spirit, worshiping Him, getting right godly perspective. So worship gives you a greater perspective. Second, worship recharges your spirit person, your spirit being. You are a spirit. You live in a body and have a mind. You are a spirit being, guys, and those who worship God must worship God in spirit and truth. And when you worship God, it is like plugging into the wall, guys. When you get it, when you Make your body worship as a sacrifice of praise and you choose to sing. You choose to lift your hands. You choose to bow and and worship and shout and and cry out to God. That is a rechargement to your spirit, man. And you're going to need that in 2018, guys, if you want to grow. It's going to be your choice, but you're going to have to worship. You can't grow without worship. It's the water. Number three, worship draws other people in. C.S. Lewis, a great author, said that enthusiasm is contagious. And when people see your excitement for God, when people see your ability to worship him and not be ashamed or fearful, people will be drawn to you and your enthusiasm towards God. I guarantee it. I tell you, you know, I'll close with this, but I, uh, let me read a couple more scriptures. I'll tell you the story. Psalm 1611 says, David said, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Okay? We, we know that one. It's a pretty famous one. Psalm 1611. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. And Nehemiah reminds us in Nehemiah 8.10, he, and, and he said, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, in the presence there's joy, and with joy there's strength. So when you worship God and get in his presence... It starts producing joy and right perspective in your heart, and you start realizing who you are. And that joy that you get from that experience with God looking, remember what I said with my son Justin, in his face? This that means his face, to get in his presence. The word presence actually talks about the face turning the face. And so it's really about getting in God's presence, and when we do that, that produces strength in our life. And it's through us worshiping God with our bodies making a a spiritual sacrifice to him. Worship gives you the strength to keep on keeping on. And you're going to need that in 2018, guys. Don't don't fast from worship. You need that in your diet. You need worship in your life every day. Get the radio on, get a CD on, get some headphones, whatever you need to do. Spend time worshiping God and singing out 
Don't be afraid because it's going to draw people to him and it's going to charge your batteries. When I was in high school, I went up to a retreat and, oh man, it was, they, this church was very Pentecostal, so that means they were, every, you know, the church, the church when I walked in, I think I told you the story, and they were just, it was, I mean, everybody in the whole place just jumping up and down, clapping, shouting, dancing. It was just, it was, it was awesome and crazy because I'd never been in a church like that. But so we started going there. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues, and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, God. You're, I'm, just, I'm experiencing all these new things about God that has been in his word the whole time. Just didn't see it. And so I'm up at a retreat with high schoolers, and I'm probably 14, 15. And we were, there's probably about 25 in a big cabin we went to, 25, 30 kids, and, and the guy was playing his guitar, and we were just singing and worshiping. And everyone is singing and worshiping, and I'm just like, Oh, it's so hard to even do this. Now it's not a big deal. But man, back then I was just like, I was sweating bullets. And I just, and I just, I lift my hands. And man, to even express myself was very difficult. Man, I was so intim- intimidated and afraid. And, and uh, but I just, I had the Holy, the Holy Spirit was alive and active in me. And I tell you what, I didn't hear him audibly, but he was speaking in my spirit loud and clear as day. And he was telling me, Doug, I want you to shout to me with everything you have. That's just, that's just me. And time went by, and, and you know, when the Holy Spirit's working on you, oh, you're, you're done for. You might as well just do it. You might as well just do it. But I'm not doing it, because I think I can trick him or get, a, you know, get out of it somehow. And I'm just, and I'm praising God, and he's like, Doug, I want you to go shout as loud as you can. Crying. Knowing I should do it, but I don't want to, and I'm afraid, I'm scared, and oh God. He's like, What? You know, kept talking, Why are you afraid? Just do it. What do you what do you care about these people think? I don't really. Then why aren't you doing it? Well, because I'm scared, I guess. <laughs> you know, so I'm going through this whole thing, and then finally I said, I was so it was almost like the Lord wore me out. He's like, I'm getting Holy Spirit's like, I'm getting my way. <laughs> you might as well just get so I was just like, oh man, I just I gotta do this because he's and I, I probably said this at 14, he's driving me nuts. He's just going to make me do it. I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I, it was a big room, and there was a huge deck off there. And I thought, I kind of, you know, I'll go out in the deck, and I'm just going to yell as loud as I can and just start praising God. King David said, worship with everything within me. Praise the Lord. Everything. So God was telling me, I had to yell as loud as I possibly could. I couldn't yell any loud. There's nothing else I could do more than that. And so I went out on the deck, and the worship was going on. It wasn't all, because it was kids, so there was limited worship going on. And, and I went out on the deck, and I just lifted my hands like this, and I just started shouting as loud as I possibly could. I wouldn't do it in here because I, I can talk pretty loud. I was shouting as loud as I possibly could, praises to God, whatever came to my heart. God, I love you. Ah, I was just yelling my head off. And I, and I got lost in this praise where I, I didn't even know where I was, and I'm just as loud as I can for minutes. And after probably, I don't even know how long it was, but after several minutes, I was like, because oh, I had obeyed the Lord, and I felt this new life come over me, and a new presence, and a new courage. And I turned around, and I looked back, because it was all glass into this cabin thing, and the Holy Spirit just rock the whole room. Your obedience, guys, will affect others. Your obedience can bring freedom to other people. 
Your freedom can set other people free. And I'm telling you, I didn't even know what that meant at that time because I was so young, but I knew, my, I knew I had to obey. And I obeyed, and I turned around, and I'm like, what just happened in there? Holy Spirit just started rocking and moving, and not because of me, but it, my obedience was tied into the Holy Spirit's working somehow. And I want to challenge you guys today to obey God's voice. Obey what he says. Take risks. Don't be afraid to take a risk. God, all the faith walkers in the Bible are all risk takers. No one was, became a great man of God or a man of faith by being conservative and never taking a risk. But with God, it's really never a risk. <laughs> but it feels like it. So I want to encourage you guys, 2018, obey God. Grow this year. Give your time, talents, and treasures. Repent and reach. We've got to be a better church at reaching others. Be bringers. I read an article yesterday, 46% of non-church goers said they would rather have someone invite them. They would probably go if someone invited them personally. And then obey and then worship. Amen? You guys with me? I hope that works with you. Use that this week in your devotional life. Ask God what he's saying to you. Amen? And let's grow in 2018. Let's grow individually. Let's grow corporately as a body. And let's start inviting our friends and get this great message out for our soon coming king that's coming back for us and is going to recreate the whole earth for us, give us brand new bodies. I mean, heaven is awesome. We're, we'll do a series on heaven once. It'll blow your socks off. But man, I'm telling you, God's got good stuff for us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness to us, Lord. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, and I know, I know, God, I can just sense it in my spirit that everyone in this room really does want to grow. I know it. I can, I can sense it in their hearts that they want, to do, they want to become closer to you and they want to become more effective and efficient for you in the kingdom, God. I, I'm not even going to ask for raised hands, really, God, because I know that's in their hearts. So I'm asking corporately, Lord, for all of us in this room, that you would help us grow in 2018. Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to assess where we're at and, make, and take proper steps to get to where you want us to be. God, we love you. We want more of you. We want to see the rivers be an effective tool in this city with all the other churches, reaching people for Christ, getting people free from addictions and drugs, getting people free from bondages from hell, and getting their new life in Christ. So God, we ask that you would help us grow because Lord, we know that if we don't grow, your kingdom can't grow. So we pray, God, Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth and help us grow this year. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if there's anyone in here this morning that has not asked Christ into their life, has not given their hearts over, has not surrendered their hearts to Jesus this morning and we didn't talk about that directly this morning, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Doug, I like this idea of growing, but I, really, I barely know God. Well, that's the first step in growing. Your first step in growing is being born again. Your first step in growth is to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, repent from your sins, and get baptized. That's the first calling that you need to do to grow. So if you've never done that and you would like to do that today, I want to pray with you after service. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and just look at me and raise your hand up and we'll talk after service. Is there anyone here this morning that say, yeah, Pastor Doug, that's me. I want to, I want to start growing God, but I'm going to take that first step of asking him into my life. 
and receiving him as my Lord and Savior. Is there anyone here this morning? Anyone at all want to take that offer? It's a good offer. Oh, Father, we thank you for your goodness, and we praise you, and we thank you for all you're doing. We ask for a good week and a good second week of our fast, God. We continue to pursue you, Lord. We want more of you as a church and as individuals. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen? Amen. 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 God bless, guys. Have a great week. Hey, uh, remember what Eric said? Get up, and if you haven't hugged three people, we're going to watch you. We're doing cameras, and we're counting your hugs, so make sure you hug somebody. God bless. Have a great week.